You're listening to The Local Maximum, episode 151. Time to expand your perspective. Welcome to The Local Maximum. Now, here's your host, Max Sklar. Well, you've reached another Local Maximum. Welcome to the show. Aaron, how you doing today? How you do- I was going to say, how you doing this year? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's not open with that one. Uh, t- today is good, though. Yeah, we today made, is good. Through the Christmas holiday, uh, taking some much-needed downtime. We're going to do a walkthrough of this year, the year 2020, in the local maximum. And as I look through, I realize we uh, we talked about a lot of stuff this year. Yeah, it's it's been a long year. Uh, it feels <laughs> it's been a long year. Longer we've had the same number year. of episodes we've done every year. Uh, yeah, time is definitely dilated. Yeah, yeah. So uh, first, some general thoughts about this year in terms of the local maximum. I feel like um, maybe, you know, I, I, I feel like I wish we had expanded harder this year. But as I look back, it's like just surviving and just being able to keep up that one episode a week pace that we have come to, I guess, guarantee on the local maximum uh, is kind of I've got to call that a victory this year uh, because just getting through this year and being able to keep up with high quality content has been a struggle. And um, the fact that we've met it is just, uh, we should look back and be proud of ourselves if we do say so ourselves. I think it's fair to take a, a mini victory lap on that one that, you know, it, we, we, we maybe didn't see the, the, the growth in listener numbers that we were initially projecting uh, 12 months ago, but uh yeah, that's the, a, the number of other people listening to a podcast does not necessarily equate to the quality for the individual listeners. So no. I think we've we've managed to continue delivering uh, some some quality episodes in spite of everything else going on. Right, right. There, sometimes there, because of everything else going on. Right. Yeah, exactly. As we'll get to in a second. There, you know, there's there's a few things that I could have done on that, which uh, well, we'll talk about what we'll do next year. But really, this year was just about trying to maintain some semblance of normalcy as everything was uh going on around us and so that was uh that that was where i focused most of the time but i think we did a lot of uh setting up this year so i i think what we're going to do this is kind of a you know sort of a meta episode where we're just going to go through and talk about some of our favorite episodes from 2020 and maybe uh you you guys listening if, if any of these sound interesting to you and you want to go back you could always go to the archive localmaxradio.com slash archive and uh, you could see all the past episodes of the local maximum, also on your podcatcher. Uh, but that that archive page actually kind of lays it all out, so you could search it very easily. Um, and so that is uh, that is available to you. Also, I'll try to link to all the episodes that we talk about on the show notes page here, localmaxradio.com/slash/one-fifteen-one. But there's going to be so much, so I, it's not like I have three references like I usually do. This is going to have a lot. So uh, let's talk about. Let's talk about a few of the themes and episodes that because there are certain topics that we've come back to over and over again. The first one that I want to mention is probably the biggest guest I've ever had on the local maximum was Dave Rubin way back. That was this year, which seems crazy. Uh, That was way back in episode 103. And he has, uh, I want to say, like one of the biggest podcasts, maybe not. I don't know if it's one of the biggest. It probably is. It probably is. It's a pretty big deal, his podcast. And um, it's does a political podcast. He's starting uh, Locals, uh, which is sort of a sort of the thing we've been on, which is, uh, uh, well, uh, not, not to bury the, the lead here. So I interviewed him in 103 about starting Locals, which was kind of an alternative social network, and then jump ahead at the end of the year to episode 147, and we've announced that we've gone on Locals. Not only that, but we've secured the uh, URL, maximum.locals.com, which I can't get over. <laughs> so uh, I, I think that's kind of a good um, way to bookend this year of 2020. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. It, we, we, we went from uh, that, that Full initial circle. interview to, uh, to being, being in the ecosystem and and building the local there uh, in, in less than a year uh, and uh, certainly hoping to see some some expansion on that as we go forward. Yeah, we have and we have been expanding our online, um, what could I say, our, our content online. You know, I've added, I've, well, first of all, we've added um, uh, transcripts to the 
episode show notes pages. So that's been a pretty big deal. Was, was that something we'd started doing before this year or was, was that no. a, a 2020 innovation as well? Oh, wow. That was that was a 2020 innovation. Also adding all these questions to the website. Now I kind of have special pages on localmaxradio.com slash questions where mm-hmm. I basically I, I answer some questions. A lot of them are technical questions, but they don't have to be. And now the number one way people get to the website through Google is by searching probability simplex. Uh, why? I don't know. I think we're the only ones who competently s- describe what a probability simplex is. So that's uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and and uh, I know some of this is stuff that we've talked about on the show, but but some of it, uh, like like the probability simplex, isn't something we've you know, dedicated an episode to. But you know, if if you have a question out there that you're dying to hear uh, Max address in detail. Uh, then then maybe it too could be a special page on localmaxradio.com. Well, now that everyone's searching for probability simplex, maybe we should do an episode on it <laughs> <laughs> because apparently people are searching for it. Uh, so, okay, another theme that was, um, th- this this segues well into, I could tell this is going to be a great show. You know why? Because we're recording this at midnight and these always turn out to be the best episodes. So you guys better better keep listening. <laughs> I don't, nobody knows what we're going to say. Um, so one of the themes early on in this year was examining probability. Like what is probability? What does it mean? It's not a straightforward question. What are the different interpretations of probability? There's the objective interpretation. There's subjective interpretation. What have people said about this in the past? There's Bayesian frequentist and kind of going through all that. And I remember back then we had just a, a string of extremely fascinating guests. We had Sophie Carr, who was talking about Bayesian inference. We had uh, Bob Murphy talking about Austrian economics. Adam Kapellner talking about um, uh, talking about uh, uh, experimental design theory. And then Brian Blaise, once again, coming back around to uh, Bayesian inference. I did a solo episode on it, episode 108. And then I did a talk on it at the Pi M Con uh, conference that was virtual this year in episode 145. So I think Adam Kapellner was the last episode before the world that was like the where the world was normal. <laughs> so that that makes it kind of memorable. He was actually the last guest I had in the Four Square office. Guests have since been banned. Uh, so um, that I feel like I am much smarter on that topic for having done those episodes. And if anyone's interested in becoming like an expert on that topic, just listening to those six episodes that I mentioned, um, that, uh, you know, those four guests and those two solo shows, uh, you could become an expert too. As, as an aside, uh, you, you mentioned, you know, having, having a guest in the office for that, for that interview. Yeah. I know not all of your interviews, uh, previous to, to, uh, the pandemic had been in person, but, have have we learned anything new about uh, conducting remote interviews uh, over the course of 2020? That's uh, a good has, question. Has it changed how you've how you've structured the show at all? I kind of prefer in person interviews, but I, you can't always get what you prefer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, uh, no, I've just been, and you know, I, I remember last year in 2019 when I drove up to Great Barrington, Massachusetts, to interview Jeff Tucker. And maybe I didn't have to do that, but it was just, it was, I had the time to do it. It was just so much fun to do. And it was kind of cool to see that town. And, um, so, so it only to, just occurred to me that that was in Great Barrington. Is, is the, uh, the organization which he is, uh, part of there, is that, are they at all, uh, affiliated with the Great Barrington Gre- Declaration? How it yes. came about? Or is that a complete coincidence? Okay. No, so, it's not a coincidence. It was, I don't think it's. So they, they put those people together in a room to, to facilitate? And, and it was that room that I was in interviewing him. <laughs> so, uh, I guess that's cool. <laughs> I, sometimes I'm slow on the pickup, but I get there eventually. No, no, I mean, there was like a big giant castle there that the AIER has. I don't know how they have it, but um, that I, I, yeah, so I, I don't know if we talked about the Great Barrington Declaration on the show, have we? I, I don't know that we have specifically. Okay, so that is a, a bunch, a document that a bunch of, um, uh, a bunch of doctors signed, an epidemiologist saying that the, uh, the lockdown strategy is, is, it, it, they're dissenting from the lockdown strategy, and that occurred at in Great Barrington in that same giant castle. I mean, look, if you're going to sign a big document in Great Barrington, of course you're going to go to the big castle. Where else would you do it? 
Yeah, the the uh, you know the, the Great the, Barrington the, Diner. The Hilton down the street uh, declaration doesn't sound nearly as impressive. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. So the, uh, there are benefits doing it in person. I like to like meet the person. Whereas if you do them kind of through online, whether it's through Zoom, they kind of they appear. You don't really have a chance to talk to them as much. So it's it's not as good. But it's uh, it it does the trick, and you can get more guests that way. So yeah, for sure. it's um it's like it's all right. Um, I prefer coming to the guests. Like I used to go to people's offices and things like that, and that 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 was fun. I felt like I made more connection, more meaningful connections that way. But it it, it is what it is. I don't know what else yeah, to say. Yeah, it might be a while before that becomes a uh, a viable viable path in the future yeah. except they might have me back at aier because they're all against the lockdown so <laughs> i could go i could go to their castle again um all right I, it's not really a castle but it's a giant i i don't know how else to describe it um okay so what other theme well obviously covid was a theme this year uh probably the biggest one um so the earliest reference that I could find to it, we had a discussion about it in episode 104, which was all the way back in February 3rd. So that is really interesting. And I went back to listen to our discussion about it, and it didn't age poorly, which I'm proud of. And in fact, our first episode where it was really hitting the fan in episode 110, that was like our first big... That, that was the, the week where everything was just going crazy with it. And we were like, oh, my God, we have to do a show. I'm sure you remember that week very well. And we were talking about the Diamond Princess cruise, and we're trying to take what happened on the cruise and extrapolate it to what's going to happen in the country. And I feel like we were more right doing that than most of the prognosticators anyway. So uh, (laughs) we did a pretty good job on that. And uh, basically all of the 110s we were talking about COVID. And then I think after 10 episodes, I decided let's try to have episodes that were not about COVID. Yeah. Be- between COVID fatigue and, uh, you know, needing, needing to establish some, some sense of normalcy outside of that. Right. So I was like, we okay, so one tens will divide, devote to COVID. And then in episode 120 was when all the riots were happening. So that's like, <laughs> right. From one into the other, uh, the most memorable one of that, I think was the, um, solo show I did. It might have been 115 where I was going through how epidemiological models work um, and how they were projecting uh, COVID cases and all that. And um, that one was a very difficult one to do. There was a lot of research that was involved in that one, uh, but uh, I'm pretty proud of how it came out. Yeah, I, I, I can't imagine very many people out there read it. it beyond the you know the abstracts for some of those papers if they read that far so uh you know having someone who's done the homework come come explain it is is a valuable service there yes it's very good when we do the homework uh we didn't do any homework today other than reading the archive but (laughs) we're winging it people (laughs) yeah well no that's good too sometimes um Okay, and and we even had our prediction panel under quarantine. What do you remember? Which one our prediction panel was on? Uh, I'm trying to remember. I don't think it was in the one tens. It might have been after that. No, it it might have been in the one tens. Let's see. The prediction panel. Yes, that was episode one thirteen. So that was oh, okay. right at the beginning of it. Right. So basically, we had my kind of annual tech retreat which was the tech retreat from your living room, which hopefully will never happen again. Um, <laughs> it will actually be a retreat going somewhere next time. And uh, we were, and, and by the way, the first retreat we had back in episode 38, that's the only time you and I have done an episode where we were in the same room. Um, just that's as a fun crazy fact. crazy to think about, yeah. Yeah, I have a feeling that in, um, in 2021, we'll have some episodes where we are actually in person together. I'm just, I just have a, um, call it a clairvoyant, uh, seer type, uh, type situation. I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm maybe not all of them, but I, I, I think we'll have some. It's just a guess. I don't know where I'm getting that from. Uh, but, uh, so I don't even remember everything we predicted in that panel or most of the things we predicted in that panel, but it's definitely going to be colored by the fact that we had just been, we, uh, that, you know, 
none of this was supposed to happen. We were supposed to go somewhere. We were, we were planning on going to, I don't know, Rhode Island or something. And, yeah. or, or Long Island. We were planning on going to, uh, to the Hamptons or something like that. Um, and uh, it, uh, it, it just, this thing happened that has never happened before in our lifetime. And um, it, it was like, okay, I feel like when you make predictions under those circumstances, uh, you, you're going to get some interesting stuff because uh, we were just all in shock. So it'll be cool to come back to that. And we're actually going to come back to that. I guess it would be in the, uh, what, in the spring of 2021. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just looking at the at the show notes here. And, and obviously two, two factors that were... Uh, I think heavily influenced by what was going on around us then were, were telemedicine and urbanization. Right. Um, the the virtual reality topic um, seems a little that that probably had a little bit more to do with with some of uh, some some kind of business and technology reports that had that had come out uh, around then. But uh, the the last question I see there on our list is how long will we be stuck in our homes? And I'm I'm really curious to see when we go back at the next retreat and uh, and and grade some of our predictions there. Uh, it's it's kind how, of an it's kind that. of an open question because stuck in our homes is kind of a yeah uh, there's there's some wiggle room because I, I because we did open up pretty quickly but then we soon realized that the open up was not as open as we would have liked right and and there's still people who are saying that well you can call it a lockdown but technically it it's there were so many exceptions to the lockdown that nobody was really locked down so there's there's yeah. a lot of a, a lot of latitude in how you how you answer that question, which which means that that we did a, a poor job in in uh, in clarifying the question in terms of what the payouts are going to be there. Oh come on! I mean, it's just <laughs> there's, there's no money on the line. Just re- just our yeah, reputations. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just our reputations and honor. <laughs> okay, hold down the drain. <laughs> no, I think uh, yeah, pistols I, at dawn. I think we're going to come out looking fine. That's my prediction. Um, <laughs> So uh, let's see what else happened this year. A lot of a lot happened on the AI front, and it's not just we talk a lot about AI on the program, but uh, things truly did move ahead on the artificial intelligence front this year while no one was looking, which is uh, which is pretty cool. Um, uh, you know, a lot of progress has been made in deep fakes. And then, of course, and that's been kind of a developing story since the beginning of the local maximum. And then it's like, okay, we have to talk about the ethics of that. Like, what if you can kind of impersonate someone online? Um, We talked about uh, a lot about language models, you know, uh, GPT-3 from uh, from, um, OpenAI that's done very well and Google's language models. We talked about some philosophical questions like what's the difference between modeling a language statistically and understanding a language? Can you build a machine that understands a language? Um, We went through that in episode 135. That was a fascinating discussion. I talked about the AI hype cycle with Christian Hubs, who's really great on this stuff. Um, And some, some, so, oh, Lisa Palmer, that was more recently. Um, uh, Some of the lesser known applications of AI, I guess you could say, so like the real-time data stuff. Um, and then some of like the social and uh, political implications, like online privacy with Naomi Brockwell. Um, there was the, the Timnit Jibru story at Google where uh, an AI ethics researcher uh, was fired or let go or resigned, and there's all, this, all these questions about that. And then, of course, uh, Seth Stevens Davidowitz on his book from a couple years ago on how you know Google search data is kind of creepily telling too much about us, um, or it's like you can kind of tell how many people are going to go berserk by how many searches you have in a in a given area, <laughs> all that all that crazy stuff and all the creepy things that people search for. Well, that that kind of hints uh, uh, forward to a topic we're going to touch on uh, shortly, but you know with the Polling is so bad because uh, most of most of that is dependent on how people actually answer questions, and and we again had an election where polling didn't necessarily live up to expectations, and right, uh, it's it's because maybe we're lying to ourselves as much as we're lying to the pollsters, uh, but but big data knows the real answer. Sometimes it does, yeah. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it does. Yeah. Let's get and then let's let's jump to it. Let's talk about the election coverage. Um, I had Alex Andorra again on to talk about polling. Um, I went into some of the mathematics of uh, polling and 
prediction markets because you talk about the, the mathematical concept of a martingale. I'm not talking I'm not going to get into that right now, but go to our martingale episode if you want to learn. Actually that that's a good one for me to give the uh, episode number. Martingale, episode 136. Very good uh very good vocab term if you're talking about prediction markets. And we talked about the election in general. We talked about electoral systems, the electoral college, social media censorship, um you know, uh, New York City is uh, is experimenting with a new electoral system this year, the ranked choice voting, and it's only going to be done in the Democratic primary, which almost defeats the purpose. But uh, that's um, that's 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 what they're doing. Yeah, and, I think we uh, got that here in Massachusetts as well. I'm, I'm yeah. curious to see when that actually kicks in for real the first time. Yeah, it will this year in or 2021 in New York City. So the election was pretty fun to do, and I'm. Very glad about how, like, we promised to drop it after the election, and I we basically <laughs> kept that promise, so I'm very happy about that. Yeah, I mean, there's there's certainly been more uh, going on in that space, but but not much that I, I feel that uh, we, we have a lot to add on. So Yeah. I mean, hot-button political and social topics we still get into, just not the election. Like, like the politicization of science and technology and, and work, that has been a theme— I think a big theme this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, and, and something that, that's that's not new, but that definitely feels like it's been growing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was that article that Lawrence Krauss wrote. I think it was in the Wall Street Journal where we talked about how, you know, science is becoming very politicized. Obviously, the Tim that Gibrew story at Google was extremely politicized. Um, you know, all the diversity initiatives and then people kind of fighting for control of the narrative. Uh, and it's like, can you really sit idly by as a bystander and not get uh, hit as, you know, not not get hit as an innocent bystander with some of this stuff? It's something that I worry about at work. And I feel like it's something that could happen to anyone. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely a, uh, a l- little bit of a, a landmine of an issue. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, before we have a few other things to mention, but before we move forward, let me just jump jump on you with this. Uh, we'll put you on the spot with this question. Do you have a favorite episode from this year? Uh, I I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's definitely the one that's stuck in my mind the most, uh, and that would be the episode we we did talking about uh, uh, topology. I, oh, I'm so glad you mentioned that. I love that one. Yeah, I, I think it it was the the visual of like turning a. Uh, uh, a three-dimensional space inside out it's i and i I probably have something wrong about that but that that makes that episode stick (laughs) right in my head yeah well did you listen to the follow-up interview i did with ty danae uh a few weeks ago yeah well i I think we already went over it that you did yeah and so that she had some really good uh follow-ups on that but those people like her who who go really deep into that topic they must have some insane like um, uh, intuitions and images in their head about what's really going on. Yeah, it's 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 like the people who can uh, visualize, you know, six dimensional space. Like they're, they're out yeah. there. I don't know what's wrong with their heads, but they're out there. Yeah. No, I, I'm not sure that, that they necessarily have to do that, but they 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 definitely have. They definitely look at the world differently. Uh, we also I also started out with a mathematical episode very beginning of the year to talk about. Uh, uh, induction, which is a good kind of logic, um, a good, good topic in uh, in logic, uh, inductive logic, inductive reasoning. So that was episode 102. Um, I, I've been surprised that a lot of people have asked for more math episodes. Um, I would have thought, I sort of thought the math episodes were just for me. It's just stuff that I like. And since it's my show, I'm going to do it. But uh, I was surprised to learn that people actually actually want more of it. And they're yeah, like, hey, if I understand 60% of it, I'm, I'm good with the episode. It was worth it for me. Yeah, I would say those episodes probably aren't the, the type of things that I'm, I'm going to use that information in my daily life. But I, I definitely come away from thinking, well, that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, let's look at some other themes that we had this year. Uh, extraterrestrials. <laughs> There's uh, only maybe, one maybe episode. they're out there? Yeah, I know. There was only one episode where we talked about aliens, and that was that gas on Venus. What was that? The phosphate. Yeah, we yeah. We were like, was... oh yeah, 
All right, so maybe there's aliens and visas. But there have been other stories about aliens this year that have completely been buried in whatever else we're dealing with in 2020. Yeah, the, uh, the two big ones I can think of are that I, I guess the Pentagon released a bunch of reports uh, that had been previously classified from the, I think I think it was a division under the Office of Naval Intelligence, which is, you know, the, the shorthand for it is the UFO group. Uh, but basically with uh, recordings of these unidentified flying objects that have been observed and tracked by by navy and air force pilots um so it's so could those just be illusions i mean they're, they're not saying it's aliens uh yeah but uh not saying they, it's aliens but exactly kind of aliens that they, they they're not saying it's aliens but they are saying that yeah th- these are things that have actually been observed and it's not you know crazy uncle joe out in the boonies these these are uh you know pro- professional pilots who uh, are extremely you know well trained and disciplined, and I'm sure that they went through a thorough medical examination and made them pee in a cup and you know make sure they weren't right. on any any illicit substances the moment they landed. And so it's uh, again nothing about this implies that it's aliens, but there's something going on there that that folks don't fully understand, which is which is a very interesting question to, to after all these years to have some confirmation that there's weirdness going on out there. There was also that really strange article going around earlier this month. That said, um, this this former Israeli space chief said that uh, the governments of the world are in contact with aliens and that like and, uh, you know, Trump knows about it, but he isn't saying anything. And then you read the comments and they're like, this is not a credible story. Trump definitely would say something. Yeah, I feel like that's the biggest <laughs> hole in that. that, yeah. that hole. <laughs> so uh, um, but, but I, the, the, the one other thing that, that came to mind on, on the extraterrestrial front is uh, the. Uh, the Arecibo uh, radio receiver dish uh, collapsed maybe a month ago. Um, which what? The, what, that, what is that? First of all, so it was a, it was a big radio telescope dish down in Puerto Rico. Um, it was a. It, I, I don't think it's it's well. Obviously, now that it's it collapsed, it isn't any longer. But but it was many years ago. It was kind of the crown jewel of the the search for extraterrestrial intelligence uh, organization, listening for for signals from from outer space. Um, and I believe it had a starring role uh, as a supporting actor in Goldeneye. Um, hmm. So most, oh, I've, most I've people of our that. generation have, have seen ex- and, and they, they now have yeah. a vivid picture in their mind of exactly what we're talking about. Um, but, yeah, that was that big telescope uh, so, between everything else going on this year. The, some of the structural supports gave way and, and it collapsed. Oh, so it wasn't that it was listening to aliens and it was like... They knew too much. The message was too much (laughs) and it collapsed. (laughs) I I think... I tend to uh, view these stories with a lot of skepticism. Um, I think the gas on Venus is interesting because I do think just... And this is just my impression of, like, the science that I've read and and have studied and just based on, like, all all the... the, the, the reading that I've done is that there is a kind of uh, non-zero chance that, that like like a significant chance that the solar system and the galaxy is teeming with um, my, microbial life, which would be very exciting. We just don't know how common that is. And so that Venus story then becomes very interesting in terms of aliens being here now, uh, like smart extraterrestrials. I don't know. There's so much crazy stuff that could just happen just from what's on Earth that it's it's it, it seems like my uh, my priors on that don't really go up very much when these stories come out. But that's just me. I'm, yeah, I, 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 I tend to remain same. skeptical until until there's something more substantial than um, visual vi- like lights that are moving too fast or something like that. I, I put it in the same mental box as the what if we're all living in a simulation that. Uh, yeah. We we can have that discussion, but I'm not going to use it to uh, direct any of my my short, medium, or long term actions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if anyone out there wants to give me reason to take this stuff more seriously, then by all means, uh, make your case. I'm I'm happy to talk about it. But it's just not. It's no. I you know what? I'd love to talk more about these stories on the on the show. I just I'm not really. I don't like to be a debunker, but I also don't like to. You know, it's it's just there's so much 
It could be like some technology from some foreign country. It could just be like they're like the light is following us. It could be the reflection of your own vehicle. (laughs) I mean, that's happened to me before. (laughs) Just saying. I'm I'm, I'm trying to think back, and and maybe it's because of the the type of guests that you you choose to invite on the show or or accept when they ask to come on the show. But I I can't recall you having a a guest who you've had uh, a a serious, like, on-the-show conflict with where – where you've disputed something they've said or, or gotten into an argument. That is, that's a good observation. And I could have argued with people, but, uh, but I didn't. And I know it kind of makes a good show when you argue with people more, but it's also like, I respect the people's time that I have on the show and they're giving me their time and energy and to, to, um, to come on. And I don't want to be too hostile. I'll ask some questions, and sometimes if I get something that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, I'll ask a few follow-up questions. But I don't know. I um, I don't want to have a debate or a fight. I you know I used to listen to a lot of talk radio where you know they'd have guests on and yell at them, and that made a lot of people listen to it. I don't know if that's the direction I want to go, particularly with the podcast format. There's just too much. Some of these guests are really hard to get, and hmm. it's not worth bringing them on just to yell at them. Yes, yeah, certainly not if that's they they would have to be expecting that kind of an interaction for that to to work in a sustainable way. Right, right. Is there are there times when you think I should have done that? I I, I can't think of any. I, I like I said it it may have more to do with, you know, the the types of topics and the types of guests that you've had on um that that you don't tend to bring on people who uh are are significantly, you know, oppositional to uh to Well, no, there were some guests that I know I have uh, significant differences with on, on various issues. Right, but that issues. wasn't necessarily but, the topics that you were discussing with them. Right, right. I kind of talk about different topics with them. Um, nah, that's absolutely true. I don't know what else to say about that other than, uh, well, I don't know. Do you think people want more of a kind of um, a conflict there? Uh, I mean, I, I think it would be really interesting uh, if if we got some conflicts on some of the uh, the, the nerdier content here. Um, and, mm. and I don't even know what, what form that would take, but you know, I, I, I'd be very interested in hearing a throat, you know, knock down, uh, knock out, throw down fight between some frequentists and some Bayesians <laughs> on topics that they're passionate about. Not, not a mudslinging thing, but, but really, you know, we, I, and I think we've tried to, to steel man uh, arguments when we haven't necessarily uh, subscribed yeah. to them logically, but, but sometimes having someone there who, who not only understands, but, but, truly believes uh, that that side of it uh, can can make for some interesting discussion. I don't yeah, know if that's so, necessarily what our what our listeners are looking for, but just No, I mean just spitballing. some arguments or debates would actually be a lot of fun. Um I well, the thing is like when you hold a debate, you should have a moderator. Um mm. and so it's like if I want to debate someone else, I should bring a moderator on. Or I should be the moderator between a debate between two people, and now all of a sudden you're dealing with three schedules instead of two. <laughs> and uh, but I don't know, Bayesian versus frequentist would be a fun one. Um, so, there are definitely so I, some I more, but I'm you know, saying, I, if sorry, go ahead. Uh, what, what I what I guess I'm saying then is that we need to get you on the uh, the Soho Forum uh, <laughs> with, with someone to debate against. Well, yeah, I mean, that was a fun one to watch with uh, Anthony Samaroff. That was a lot of fun going to Soho Forum uh, and watching him debate that topic. And it was it was a good-natured debate. Sometimes I go to the Soho Forum and they hate each other, which is always a lot of fun. <laughs> but, I mean, that's another sad thing that we lost this year, 2020. Soho Forum, we didn't lose it permanently, but uh, it certainly hasn't been going on uh, to the extent there have been a few online debates, but, you know, it's not the same. And... Um, it would also be interesting to debate some of these hot top hot button social issues, and I think I can debate them in a way where I don't put myself at too much risk of uh, of getting into trouble. Um, but uh, I don't I don't know, like like the whole question of uh, ethics in AI, or how much should an AI researcher use their position to uh, promote social values. I feel like there is a good debate to be had in there, but it will devolve into mudslinging, which could be a lot of fun. I'm happy to do it, but I don't know how to like get that started. I don't know how to set that up. Like, who would we be willing to debate me, and what would be the uh, what would be the debate? What's the what's the um, 
it's the debate question is what it's called. It's like the uh, the, the the proposition of the debate. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know what the proposition would be for that one and who, who I would debate, but I'm happy to debate anyone, someone on that. That would be fun. I've actually never participated in a formal debate in my life. So I could get my... I could get my ass did, kicked the first time. Did, did our did our high school have a debate team? I I don't even recall. I think it did. I think it did, but uh, I, I think clearly I neither involved. of us were on it. <laughs> no, you could have been on it. You probably would have been pretty good on there, but I guess it wasn't. I probably would have been interested in it if I knew about it, but I I think I only heard about it through rumors. Like it's one of those things that very cloak and dagger. Yeah, yeah like it might have been in. in <laughs> I think it might have been called like political club, so I didn't really go, you know, like or like student government club. <laughs> know, so it's like stay far away from that, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so that's, now that's, you got me thinking. We should something we to should keep in the back that. of our mind for yeah. for twenty twenty one goals is is may, maybe some some new formats uh, uh, episodes, new episode okay. formats, a debate format. Yeah, that could be fun. Okay, uh, other themes, all the craziness in New York City. Um, certainly when the, um, you know, when all of the protests started and then, you know, there was all the kind of vandalisms and riots in my neighborhood. And, and, and interestingly uh, anyway. enough, New York was not the, like, the the source. Uh, this, like, no. I mean, we there have been plenty of, of political movements and and protests that that kind of started off in new york but probably the 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 most famous one was it uh, what, what what was the one that was uh we are the 99 percent um oh uh, occupy wall street occupy wall street thank you yeah, yeah I, I, mean, I was there i wasn't part of occupy wall street but like i definitely went down to zuccotti park and checked it out every once in a while when it was going on yeah but but this this kind of it 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 seeded elsewhere across the country, but but certainly New York was not uh, with, without its uh, its no and, sympathetic and I think action. What was going on in New York was not just um, it, it was not just the George Floyd protests. I mean, it's also just there's a lot of other stuff going on at the same time. It's crime has been going up steadily. Um, I remember at the beginning of the year they kind of got rid of bail, and so crime was going to go up anyway. Uh, and then during the pandemic, it, it just got way worse and. You know, people breaking into uh, people breaking into storefronts and basically, you know, neighborhoods that uh, that uh, I had been living and working in for many years were were kind of all boarded up, and it's very sad. And it kind of le- led to me kind of leaving New York when it was just like, ah, I just feel like right now this is not the New York of nine eleven, and it's not the New York of Hurricane Sandy. Uh, it's um, we don't talk about Hurricane Sandy as like a great moment in New York, but looking back, it really was. Now it's just, it, it's it just feels so heavy living there. It's just, uh, mm. it's just it feels like a burden living there, and it doesn't feel like, oh, this is, uh, this is, it, you know, it's it's no longer we're all in this together. It's now, especially with the pandemic, it's no longer we're all in this together. It's like anyone who's near you is a potential disease vector, <laughs> so we're definitely not in it with them. So it's like um, it, it's it's partially that, partially the political climate, and partially just the bad leadership. And it's uh, I don't think it'll be like that forever. Uh, New York City has been through a lot, but it doesn't feel like one of those times where it's like the the people are going to rise up and bounce back immediately. And that's that's why I'm out for now. <laughs> well, let's let's shift gears a little bit. You asked me about my favorite episode, but what's what's yeah. your favorite episode from this year? So I I already wrote that down. That is clearly another one that we did that we were recording past midnight, and that that was uh, it, it was titled uh, "Biden Joins the Potterverse and Smart Toilets." So, I think we spent part of the time. Uh, did did we spend part of the time slamming Joe Biden's podcast? Is that what we were doing? I, I, were I we don't saying? know if we were straight up slamming it, but I think we made some some constructive uh, constructive uh, criticizing it, which which were were pretty harsh. <laughs> Yeah. Well, uh, I don't think he has a podcast anymore. He has this other job now. And uh, this, the uh, although I I, I I wish he would still do a podcast, uh, well, but uh, does, I, I I know at some point uh, presidential radio weekly radio addresses were pretty par for the course. I'm, I'm pretty sure Obama did them and just nobody listened to them. Mm. Uh, but 
I, I'm guessing that's something that Trump has not been doing. Uh, and somebody must be be shoving those into an RSS feed where you could listen to them podcast style. Well, you can but listen we'll, to his, his speeches, we'll, I'm sure. We'll, yeah. we'll see what, what, uh, what Biden's uh, speechifying looks like come, yeah. <laughs> come January 20th. Episode 135, Corn Pop. <laughs> and then also in that episode, we talk about smart toilets. Uh, let me let me pull up the show notes for that, because it I, was like my initial thought was, oh, that's a highbrow, lowbrow episode. But but I, I think I think it was all we, lowbrow. We may have been lowbrow where, across the board there. Yeah, that's where we should go. Right, right. So it was like, what did somebody come up with the smart toilet? Uh, oh, I, I, I'm just looking at our, our links here. I see anus, <laughs> anus scans. <laughs> I don't know why we were getting into that, but that was... Well, I, I think was, that was a toilet that literally takes a picture... Well, it, <laughs> it takes a picture of a, a portion of your anatomy to identify biometrically who the user of the toilet is so that it can match all of its uh, other other sensory test results to the <laughs> so right it's profile just, it's it's more secure than a thumbprint i guess <laughs> <laughs> just to her face they're just like why don't we just use it for phones <laughs> uh there are a lot of things come up in the lockdowns that uh yeah i don't know so anyway that was a long episode we basically ragged on this stuff for what an hour and 16 minutes oh my god <laughs> All right, so that that I think is my favorite for the year. That's one that I'm like, yeah, definitely go back to that one. If I have a long drive coming up, I'm going to turn on episode 114 and see what we talked about. Uh, let's see. Uh, so what else? Is there anything else I, that uh, – yeah. I think we, we haven't mentioned crypto yet, which uh, yeah. has, has been kind of a recurring theme, not just this season, but, but certainly this season. Sure, this sure. And there was a recent surge, and um, – I told a lot of people there was going to be a surge in price at the end of this year, and I am I'm glad I I was it, it came true. Uh, but uh, a lot of stuff happened in crypto this year. We talked first of all, I talked to Naomi Brockwell about it. Um, she's uh, kind of an expert in crypto and Bitcoin. What was what was that one? Well, that was mostly about COVID that that one. But I think we also uh, well we were talking about encryption laws and internet freedom, and basically. There have been a lot of laws proposed on Bitcoin specifically, and it it on the on one hand it seems like governments are not trying to kill it, but they're trying to make it more difficult. But they're not really focused on it. It's it's a kind of a strange uh, situation where people are like, yeah, "Oh, is uh, is Biden going year, to kill?" Yeah, I was just gonna say at the, at the beginning of the year we were still in a world where uh, the the what was it libra the facebook coin uh, right. was still a thing it, that might happen it changed its name and now it's going to be called something else uh, libra so the, facebook coin yeah, there's, me, there's sorry, a lot I'm of concern typing. about uh big business or oh, it's big called, government co-opting yeah. crypto yeah no it really had now it's called dm so libra is now called dm but i don't see it going i mean they they still want to launch next year but i don't see it now it's going to be kind of a stable coin so there's mm. no point in like investing in it. And what's interesting about Bitcoin is for years and years and years, I've heard people say, well, this is not useful until you could buy a cup of coffee with it and the average person will use it. And yet the price goes up and up and up and the average person is not using it. And I see no reason why a Facebook coin that is not good for an investment because it's pegged to the dollars, it's pegged to be a stable amount. So you don't get interest on it. Uh, I don't see why that would be a compelling investment. Maybe it would help with like online payments in certain circumstances, like if you're paying someone in another country. But I don't know. Uh, I don't know if that would really help. Uh, it it kind of remains yeah, I, to be seen. And it's not really a cryptocurrency. It's yeah, just if, kind if, of... if that's the use case, then we're not the target audience. And, and yeah. I don't know enough about the people that do use those, make those kinds of transactions to make an assessment of, of whether this would actually be attractive. Yeah. Yeah. So we talked at the beginning of the end of crypto winter. People were very down on Bitcoin and blockchain uh, in 2019. Um, we talked about the halvening when, you know, Bitcoin continues to contract, contract the money supply right on schedule. These are these halvening events are things that um, are were kind of set in stone at the beginning where the number of new 
supply that comes out that are issued every day is cut in half. Um, but what's what's kind of well, what's news about it is that a it happened on schedule, and that there are effects to that when you when you cut the supply of something, you see six months later when the current supply runs out, you get a run on price. That is uh, that was my theory, and that's uh, that's what happened. And also, uh, it, it it's. It's amazing how many people I've spoken to about Bitcoin who don't believe that the halvening is really um, baked in. Like they think, oh, someone could change it and uh, they'll just create more Bitcoin. Uh, but I, I, just as this keeps going, it goes to show you just can't do that. Yeah, it's I mean, hard for people to wrap their hands around. I, I think that's something that's that's technically feasible, but you you would... As I understand it, you, you would have to get a unrealistic amount of the uh, existing Bitcoin holders on board with it uh, to to basically rewrite the, the rules, right? Well, uh, you could have miners start uh, mining with new software that's not compatible with the old software that but that would just issues be a fork, new coins. Right? Yeah, it would just be a fork. It would be like, uh, you know, Bitcoin 2. And what do you think the value of Bitcoin 2 would be in relation to Bitcoin <laughs> Uh, much lower because now, you know, so so who would actually join that? Right. Um, we talked about this heist, this right, this 16 year old kid that stole millions of dollars of someone's Bitcoin. That's that's what makes me really stressed about, like, actually handling this stuff. Um, I've one of the things that I've been really um, trying to think about, because a lot of people in the Bitcoin and crypto community use this phrase, not your keys, not your coin. Have you ever heard about that? Have you ever heard that phrase? Uh, mostly from you, but yeah, I've, I've heard it mentioned in a couple other places as well. Right, right, right. It's like, okay, you should hold it yourself. Unfortunately, and we've talked about this before in the show, holding it yourself, your security is not going to be as good as somebody, as a real expert holding it for you. And so at some point, maybe you do need to trust someone. And so it's sort of like, is it best maybe to have a... Um, a hybrid solution where you have the equivalent of some cash under your mattress, but also like some with, uh, you know, with a reputable organization. I don't know. Like, yeah, it, like if you're not it, trying to hide it, it's, I, it's I don't the know same kind of arguments you get with any sort of, of internet security. It's, you know, um, do, do I, do I set up my own cloud and, and, mm. you know, there's, there's plenty of open source, you know, freely available or, or cheaply available software to allow you to do that? Or do I trust that Google or Amazon or Microsoft, uh, because they've got entire teams of security engineers working on it, uh, are able to provide a, a superior product that is worth whatever the downsides of going through this third party might be? Yeah, um, they're always purists, though, who are saying you can't have pure freedom unless you control them yourself. And I'm trying to reconcile those two ideas i'm having honestly having a hard time doing it yeah the, the closest thing i can think of to an analogy would be uh that that uh kind of like in the prepper community there's there's a lot of emphasis on uh precious metals so you know gold right. and silver coins because when you know if if let's forget exactly how we get there but you know in, in a world where, where civilization has collapsed then then you've got some medium for exchange um, but that, that doesn't really translate that well to crypto i feel like because uh in in that kind of post-apocalyptic world where you know your your old silver coins might be useful um your bitcoin is is going to be pretty pretty equally uh equal levels of utility whether you had your your own keys or whether you were going through some sort of Online well, it depends on holding. it depends on what kind of collapse it is. Like, yeah. Bitcoin can actually survive the internet going down. If you have there, you could have like a very rudimentary uh, communications network uh, that can keep it going. But yeah, I don't know. It, it first of all, if there's a collapse of that magnitude, you have probably more things to worry about. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, it, it's. And and again, how how valuable is silver really going to be? It's basically in that case, it's can you grow your own food and know well, what to yeah, eat? Yeah, there's, there's there's a lot of skills that are going to be more valuable than than any, <laughs> any physical objects. Machine learning engineer not doing too well. <laughs> I can tell you that much. I mean, um, unless unless this is one of those robot apocalypses, if you can program <laughs> the robots. Yeah, yeah, get them uh, get them into. Uh, an infinite loop or something, have them divide by zero. Um, oh, man, now, now but, I want to go back and watch the Terminator movies again. Yeah. 
Yeah. Back back when they were good movies. Unfortunately, I could. Uh, yeah. Uh, what would I do? I would, uh, I would give it biased training data, and they'd go over there. I don't know. What are you talking about? Okay. Um, so let's see. So lots and lots of stuff this year. Next year is going to be even more exciting on the local maximum, and I, I, I'm not just saying that because, like, man, it's going to be more exciting. But I do think we have an opportunity to grow in 2021 in a way that we didn't in 2020 uh, just because – of uh, the unique circumstances surrounding 2020. So um, let's talk about what we hope to do next year on the local maximum. Uh, first of all, grow the size of the locals community at maximum.locals.com. I think I like this model of, um, first of all, I'm very grateful for people helping us out. Like it was so amazing that people I don't know are going and paying $4 a month. And then you have access to all of my posts on maximum.locals.com and you could join in the conversation, which is great. Uh, but also it doesn't cost that much. And it's, um, it's really helping out going directly into like keeping this content up, keeping it available and helping us spend more time on it. So I am, uh, I am grateful for that. And I think in 2021, we'll get to our 100, uh, our numbers of uh, 100 people, uh, 100 members and 100 people supporting it, which uh, I I think should be fairly easy to attain. Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, looking forward to, you know, we like you said, we, we've already had some discussion going on there and, and uh, growing that to be a, a more interactive community. Yes. Uh, I also think I'm going to add uh, so I've only been doing it for like four months or so, four or five months, adding questions to the website. Uh, those are articles that I, I still definitely have time to do. And because they're so good for SEO and they're such useful articles and they're helpful for my research, I'm going to continue to do those. Uh, so that will be great. Now, I've been thinking about what my guest, um, uh, what my guest strategy should be for 2021. So you might have noticed for the last six months, I've had a lot, I've had fewer guests and that's okay. Uh, you know, focusing on this stuff, but I want to get more guests. And the, the question I always ask is, do I want to have, uh, what am I optimizing for? Do I want to have guests that are really going to grow the show if they tweet it out or, or send it out? Do I want to have guests who uh, maybe have other shows that like maybe can get on their show? I've done that as well. But I really want to focus next year. I've decided on the people that I would really, really like to talk to. And usually they're bigger name people, but like just people I would like to talk to. And I'm just going to write a list and I'm going to send out a bunch of messages at the beginning of the year because people aren't paying attention right now and uh, and see who I can get. Uh, because I think that would just be the best experience for the listeners. It would be the best experience for me, the host, frankly. And uh, it, uh, I think it also could uh in a way lead to more opportunities for uh for growth uh just because there'll be better shows and they'll they'll still be big guests but if it's a better conversation they're more likely to share it etc yeah it's that's a very you know build it and they will come uh approach here that that create the quality content and all else will follow yeah so what, what hopes do you have for 2021 for the local maximum oh boy uh you know i'm 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 looking forward to the next tech retreat. Uh, and, oh yeah! And fingers crossed on what that's going to look like. Um, Where should uh, we hold it? Maybe we should go back to Rhode Island again. Yeah, that that could be. I don't know. That could be uh, an, an interesting change of scene. But I mean, yeah. so so much is going to depend on because that'll be this this coming spring, <laughs> right? Like uh, if there is what, a Rhode, what are if, we there, if there still do? is a Rhode Island. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm 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 always interested in in, in uh, the the guests that you get on because uh, in, invariably there's there's interesting discussion going on there. Um, I I guess from from I, the 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 biggest thing that the show brings to me is it forces me to to kind of think outside my comfort zone on on stuff. You know, a couple times a month, uh, have conversations that I'm not necessarily having. That there's some things we talk about that that would normally be, you know, around the water cooler discussion, but, but we always take it a level further than that. So it's, yeah, it's a chance for me to, to kind of grow my own, uh, uh, mental boundaries if, if nothing else there. And, and, Especially, and hopefully folks are 
getting something out of it as well. Yeah, especially during this time when we're not really in the office as much. You're not having as many office discussions. And then I found that, like, even the last few years, office discussions, have, it's you go to the lunch table and they're talking about politics and you're like, all right, I'll leave. But it's like <laughs> people don't talk about cool stuff anymore. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, that's one thing I did not miss, uh, not being in the office for the last nine months or whatever, is going down to the cafeteria and seeing uh, Fox and CNN and MSNBC on, like, the three big screens down in the cafeteria. Really? At, at least one of them always had sports on. Not that they I torture you like it, but... They torture you like that, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, Bu- I, Building management likes their, uh, their I do news. miss the office. Let me tell you something that I did. Uh, the other day, it was our last day in the office, uh, and we had a little fun budget for our team that it was like use it or lose it by the end of the year, but there's really nothing you could do. So I got a zip car, and I drove to Peter Luger's, and I got steaks, and I drove them back to the office <laughs> for everyone. Not just steaks, but also the cream spinach and the bacon and the, uh, and the uh, uh, potatoes and, all, and the, yeah. the, the tomatoes and all that stuff. Nice. Old-style old yeah. steakhouse. Yeah. So uh, that was <laughs> that was a fun way to end the year. Oh, another thing that happened this year that's not really um, that's not really local maximum, but it's you know, Marsbot for AirPods, which we launched at Foursquare. And, you know, something exciting. I actually got Rob Bernstein, who is the, the comedian who I've had on this uh, show a few times uh, to make some content about it. So basically, if you go. Down near the the comedy cellar in New York City, it's like near McDougal Street. There's a bunch of um, there's a bunch of like bars and stuff around there. You basically walk around there if you have Mars about audio, and he comments and all the stuff that's going on. So that version of the, that update to the app is going to go out uh, early next year, and I'm really excited about oh, that. Oh, cool! Yeah, I basically I- told him just make content for me. Don't get me fired. And uh, <laughs> there are only one or two things that I had to remove. But uh, I say, you got to be careful. He might see that as a challenge. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> but uh, no, he did. He did a good job. There were even a few that he said, this is iffy. And I decided to keep it in. The, the thing is like, OK, I was not personally offended by anything that he performed. But there is some stuff that he does in his comedy where I'm like, no, that's wrong. I can't. Not that I wouldn't go, but, you know, it's like, but no, it's just like um, some of the stuff, you know, he was worried about giving places negative reviews, but sometimes I'm okay with that. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's more like, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it uh, was, it was pretty I, much. I struggle with that. And I, I know we've talked about this before about yeah. how like the, the, the thumbs up and thumbs down versus the 10 point rating scale. And, and what is, what is a, a, a you know, a, a maybe really mean, uh, but I, I have so much trouble giving a negative review for like, I, I, uh, I got food delivered by an unnamed, uh, food delivery and, uh, passenger driving service, uh, this, this past week. Yeah. And, and the driver did not follow the instructions I put in the mm. order, but I couldn't bring myself to give him a thumbs down because that just felt too harsh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It was like, so I was actually trying his content the other day because so I, I went by myself down to McDougal Street from Flatiron where I was and uh, and walked around and I was just, I was cracking up. He like, I walked by Insomnia Cookies and he was like, this cookie has no structural integrity. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is great stuff. This is good stuff. So uh, I'm, I'm really excited about it. And I hope we get more people who are interested in creating that kind of content. Well, I, I will give a couple of last-minute ratings here that I'm not afraid to give. Uh, 2020 okay. is a year, thumbs down. Oh, yeah. 2020 for the local maximum, thumbs up. And 2021 uh, is definitely going to be a thumbs up. I'm, yeah. I'm, that's, my, that's my statement. I'm sticking to it. 2021 is going to be a great year. Um, now, to be fair, I said that about 2020 last year. <laughs> so, <laughs> so my track record on that is not so great. But uh... we, we had a couple good months there. Uh, we, we, yeah. we can we can work that uh, amb- ambiguous phrasing of the question magic in there too. I feel like we're both you know we're both so optimistic right now. I don't know what happened. It's like well, I mean I don't want to jinx it, but I felt like last time we spoke we're like, yeah, 2020 still got some time to <laughs> to mess with us one more time. I think now we actually feel like we're out of the woods, which is pretty which could be scary because what? we might not be. But I actually I feel like we are. 
I, I think the combination of practically being one in the morning uh, and and this being, uh, you know, not after a, a long week of work uh, has has put us in a much more susceptible to optimism mood. All right. So let's, All right. let's well, take that and run with it. All right, let's take that and run with it. I uh, I guess I will. Uh, this is the last episode of the year, so we'll uh, come back next year on the local maximum. Everybody have uh, have a great new year, and um, I usually say have a great week, everyone. But uh, have a great new year, everyone, and see you in twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one, everybody. That's the show. To support the local maximum. Sign up for exclusive content and our online community at Maximum.Locals.com. The Local Maximum is available wherever podcasts are found. If you want to keep up, remember to subscribe on your podcast app. Also, check out the website with show notes and additional materials at LocalMaxRadio.com. If you want to contact me, the host, send an email to LocalMaxRadio at gmail.com. Have a great week. Feel the power. Thank you.